What is up, ACL Nation? Welcome in to episode number six. And we are trucking right along. We got a double interview today. We're not going to do any highlights because, as you can see in the background, I'm on the road today. Decided to come back to St. Louis to catch a St. Louis Blues. Oh, wrong side. St. Louis Blues hockey game. I don't know which. I don't know which side. We'll edit that out. It's going to look smooth. uh, Please don't. (laughs) Came back in. Came back in town to hang out with the kiddo, and we got some relatives in town from Panama. So we're going to take them to see their first hockey game, Mish. Sweet. uh, We're going to talk to Caden Allen today about his success so far in the 2023 season, as well as his plans for this weekend in New Mexico, teaming up with Philip Lopez Jr. And then right after that, we're going to bring on Josh Keck and talk about the rules and what to do and what not to do as far as what might help you get uh, a little bit further in the bracket rather than complaining about something after it happens. So, <laughs> yeah. How's it going, me? Nobody does that. Yeah, <laughs> it's going man. good. Nobody complains during tournaments ever. Uh, smooth sailing. I'm, I'm actually getting over. I don't know. I got this weird cold allergy thing. That's really annoying. But other than that, I'm good. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm running on fumes, Mish. I'm out of coffee, <laughs> out of energy drinks, and I got a couple hours here. I might be able to regroup, but um, I got to go pick up the kiddo, and we'll get ready for the game, and hopefully get there early. I think we got somebody said ten inches of snow on the way, so Whoa. I hope it's I hope that's a lie. I'm not looking forward to that, but yikes! And we'll see how it goes. I'll decide if I want to drive back to Kansas City tonight or tomorrow morning, but I'm already exhausted. I think sleep. I think if if I could be, I always tell my friends that I'm the voice for their bodies because I just make sure everyone listens to their bodies. So if I could speak for your body, sleep. Yeah, I need it because I I fly right out. I get back to Kansas City, I'll pack, and then I fly out the next morning to uh, New Mexico. We'll get the set up, and then we have our draft, Mish. We're gonna, yeah, or not? I guess yeah, we got our draft. We're gonna determine uh, fantasy draft. What I gotta, I gotta think about what I'm gonna do for fantasy cornhole because. Let's go right into the bragging segment, Mish. We have the number one and two pick in singles. Woo-hoo! How about that? I usually just did the wheel, and we got uh, one and two. So, uh, chat, you guys are going to have to let me know who I should take. Um, it's going to be really hard. I'm actually happy I got number one overall because I'll be able to pick, d- go do setup, and then come back and pick again. So, like, I might not even be watching the draft. I'll just have people text me and say, hey, your pick is up, and I'll go from there. But Yeah, um, multitask. Yeah, yeah so I'm happy to have uh, the first pick in singles. Um, and then you got the number two pick right behind. So Yeah, so uh, that's why I said who are you going to pick so that I know who I'm going to pick. Uh, I mean, it's going to be hard for me to go against my guy. Okay. That, but, I mean, we'll have, to, we'll have to see what it's, uh, see what kind of trade offers I might get in between now and then. Hmm, interesting. You, you want to well, the first and second pick just for, for gets and shiggles? I no. <laughs> no. I do wonder I do wonder if our draft fantasy draft is gonna go as quickly as the other draft went like in terms of like nobody used the ninety seconds. Like is it just gonna be like that? Or are people really gonna kinda take their time? Cause I haven't done, you know, three months of research leading up oh, to this. Yeah, no, Isley and I'm sure Betancourt, they already got a leg up on us. They've done some mock drafts and figure some things out but uh mm, okay. i don't really even know the rules or the format i'm not gonna lie i'm coming this kind of green but it's gonna yeah, be fun too. i'm gonna have fun me with too. it yeah but, uh, i i agree i don't know but i do have something to brag about let's go i hopped on uh so i listened to this um syndicated 
morning show called John Jay and Rich. And mm-hmm. it is on here, like in my town, but it's also syndicated. You can listen to it lots of places. But they're really entertaining and fun. And I hopped on their show last last Myrtle Beach to talk about the fact that I was going to go to Myrtle Beach to be with the American Cornhole League and commentate okay. and blah, blah, blah. And then I reached out to them again and said, because they're located in Arizona. And I said, hey, we're coming to Arizona for the Super Bowl. And um, so I was on the show this morning. So you can listen to it. I talked to them about the Super Bowl nice. and the fact that the American, American Cornhole League is coming there and, um, and how excited that we were and all that good stuff. So I got to hop on that show again. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah no, nobody's uh, nobody's reaching out to interview me anytime soon. No, I reach out. I do that. I do the legwork. They're not reaching out to I'm, me. They don't know who I am. I'm just saying, nobody's, nobody cares about me anymore. I'm, I'm losing my luster. <laughs> you stop it. Nope. I just get in people's faces. Like, I told Marlon, our <laughs> PR guy, hey, I'm reaching out to this radio station to try to yeah. get on it. And he was like, do you want me to reach out for you? I'm like, nah, I got it. <laughs> I got this. I will reach out for me. Get me, get me important somehow. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I got to kind of follow up on the you bragging segment from last week. We had the marble races last week for the That's ten thousand right. follower giveaway, and it was fun, Mish. We I'm so sad I missed it. Yeah, you can always go back and watch on K9 Unit on Facebook. It was fun. Corn did a great job of putting it together, and we had a couple of hiccups. Oh, of course, you're going to have that whenever you're trying to yeah. broadcast in two different locations, but. I think pretty much all the viewers that were watching it during the time were just into it. I mean, good in, in the marble races, we had, I believe at one point, 280 some marbles wow. going down this track at one time. So you, you could see the names of every marble, but once they get stacked, you, you can't see nothing, you know? Yeah. But it was really cool because the twists and turns and some marbles fall off the track and basically just go away. And, you know, the, the different lead changes throughout the race. It was really, really fun. I was happy with the way that Corn and I put on that production. <laughs> so random. Um, yeah, I'm telling you, you'll love it. You'll, you'll watch like at least five seconds of it. You'll be like, oh, that's kind of cool. Okay. So, and I'll, I'll definitely be... look, take a look at it. We were running a tournament that day. It was a private Cornell tournament. This was the craziest thing. It was 35 teams. And so, so 70 people, 69 of them have never used like a tournament software, like had to download oh. the app. Like n- they were novice. So we start the tournament and people are standing diagonal from each other. People are throwing four bags at a time. Not And we're like, and then I, <laughs> I told Nick, I'm like, you need to get on the mic and explain the rules. <laughs> like um. it was hilarious. Like, but they were having so much fun, but it was, it was all novices. Like, just doesn't it suck though, that you have to like stop them from having their fun and then make it <laughs> yeah. official, you know, like just I let know. them do their thing as long as they all agree on it. And then you know, we'll figure <laughs> out when they get to the later rounds, he's like, Hey, you're doing this wrong. But, but we you know what was crazy was, so we run tournaments all the time. What we've always had our people that like our league people come. We've mm-hmm. never done a tournament without our own people there. So we yeah. totally forgot until like two hours before these people are not going to have their own bags. And we oh. don't have that many bags <laughs> and we do at home, but like not like lender bags. And we were like, right. Oh my God, these people are not going to show up with bags. And so thank God the uh, restaurant that we were using their parking lot, they have cornhole boards and they had a bunch of those cheap w- bags, the same side, you know, like no stick, yeah, no yeah. slick, just a one, and that's what everybody threw, and they all had a blast. They had no idea. That's amazing. <laughs> that's what's important is having fun. I mean, some of us forget that, though. We got to go back to having fun playing bags. And I, I, I'm a huge promoter of any director. At least throw one all corn tournament per year. <laughs> you know, just it's so much fun. I love it. 
Yeah, and there were like a few people that came with like game changers. There might have been like four or five teams that brought their own bags, and there was mostly game changers. But yeah, it was just funny. Just a different crowd, but we had a blast. And then they did too. So it was all good. good. (laughs) All right, it is time to get into our interviews. So uh, don't go anywhere. Welcome, everyone. We have Caden Allen here with us today. He's 18 from Corbin, Kentucky, and he's a senior in high school. He's ranked number one in the Mid-South Conference and number one in Kentucky. He's the Louisville Open winner in singles, and his plan is to go pro for the 2023-2024 ACL season. And I will tell you that if you didn't, it'd be shocking. <laughs> I think that's a, he's off to a good start. It's a good goal there, Caden. I think you need a higher goal than just making pro because I think that's a given. But welcome. Thanks for having me. What's up, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of that goal, you were offered a PDC this season. Can you talk to us a little bit about why you decided not to go that route? Well, going into Worlds, I thought I had it. So I was already I already had it in my mind that I was going to be playing. And yeah. then I hit it. So it, it kind of like... It didn't feel the best, so I was like, well, might as well spend this coming up year to get as good as I possibly can and then take it next year. Okay. That makes sense. So going back to the end of last season, knowing that you had the pro status insights, and there was so much stuff that happened at the end of the season. I mean, you talk about Ian Cripps sneaking in. You talk about Mm -hmm. the Gore brothers coming down the stretch. Like, all the players that were, was it 16U? Is that right? All the players that were 16U battling for those few spots. Like, what what did that do to you emotionally, Caden, as you were going down the home stretch? Because you pretty much did everything you could do to get in. Yeah, there's nothing else I could have really done, just – I don't know. Just didn't work out. So you, you won West Virginia, and then you won World uh, Advanced World, right? No, I got second in West Virginia and got okay Worlds. Yeah, and then you missed it by how many days and how many points? Four days. <laughs> oh, <dang>. <laughs> <laughs> well... I'll tell you what, you have come out hot in this season. I mean, there's not a bracket that you play in that you don't win now. So it's got to feel pretty good. And um, I know that when you first started the season, you were looking for sponsors. Like, how have things changed since you've started this new season for you? Oh, yeah. It's been crazy. So after Louisville, Mike Hennessy from Lucky Bags messaged me. And he got me on board with Lucky Bags. So that that's what I was hoping for. Good. You've been throwing those a while, haven't you? Since September. Yeah. Okay, so it worked out well for you. Yeah, you're. We were talking on that live feed. You were just throwing lights out, and uh, I believe you played Nate in the finals. So that's you couldn't have asked for anything better. And then I was on the broadcast saying, like, how is this kid not sponsored? Somebody sponsored this <laughs> yeah. kid. And that definitely didn't last long, man. So congrats on that. But kind of, kind of talk us through that journey. What's that like being? Uh, uh, actually sponsored amateur, really. It feels pretty good. <laughs> it really does. Because it pretty much tells me that I'm good enough to compete with the pros. I'm getting sponsored by one of the biggest companies there is. Yeah. But what what a lot of people might not know is uh, when we launched Kids Star 2 a while back, we had Caden won a contest. He got to design a shirt for Kids Star 2. And it was like a <laughs> really? space shirt. And I put his signature on it, too. And this was like, what, like a year and a half ago or so, right, Caden? Something like that. 
So my son wears that shirt all the time. It's his favorite shirt. <laughs> it's so funny because I'm like, you don't even know you have Caden Allen signature on it. Start selling it for more down the road there. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not like he signed it live. He sent me his signature like, and I like yeah. put it on the shirt. But yeah, it's pretty funny. I'm like, hey, look, I remember this kid from back a year and a half, two years ago. So pretty cool where you've come or where you've gotten to since then. Yeah, he, he talked about being able to compete with the pros. Man, they're trying to compete with you, dude. <laughs> they don't want to play you. <laughs> I only throw good in the brackets, and then I choke in the semifinals. Oh, well, I mean, at that point, you're playing against some of the elitist of elites. Categories. I don't think that's choking. <laughs> yeah, so right now you're currently ranked number 93 in open standings. I mean, only because you guys haven't played a conference yet, obviously. But yeah, uh, going yeah. into these brackets, those open standings really matter a lot. It doesn't really seem to phase you at all. I mean, have you gone to the losers bracket at all in no, any of these? Nothing. Yeah, that's what I mean by you. That you can't really call it choking unless you like lose your first game to you know someone you probably shouldn't. I don't think it really counts when you get to the very end. You're playing the hardest people there are. Um, is that getting in your head at all when you throw against you know like Mark Richards, Jamie Graham, Matt Guy, the, these big top names? No, no, I don't care to play anybody. <laughs> you just play your own game and they yeah. have to catch up huh yeah well, let's talk about your game what's changed last year to this year where right now you just can't seem to miss everything right now is down the middle your airmails are all down the middle i think you could actually play this game on a skinny board and <laughs> just dominate you're not missing more than two inches to the left or right well i, I quit blocking as much hmm. so i started going in more Oh, so you were trying to block, and now you're just going for the in the whole high PPRs? <laughs> running, running bags. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, it's clearly working. Now, this weekend for the Open, you're teaming up with Philip Lopez Jr. Was that just because you're both lucky bags, or what went into that uh, conversation? Yeah, I think that's what it was. He asked me about three weeks ago. So I think that kind of played a factor into it. How does that feel? Like one of the top players. That feels really good. Yeah, yeah, and then teaming up with Eric Davis. I mean, these yeah, how did Eric Davis the rosters? Yeah, how did Eric Davis and you team up? So after I won Louisville, I messaged him to play, and he's like, "Yeah, it'd be an honor to play, man." Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> well, I didn't expect that. Yeah. So this will be your fifth open, right? Yes. Who have you Who have you teamed up with so far this season? So I played with Nate and Rock Hill, mm -hmm. Low Bomb. In Louisville, Alec Ryan in Virginia Beach, and then right. Myrtle Beach. Okay, so going into next season, man, do you have a front runner of who your partner might be, depending on how things happen? Or no. You're going to just go to the highest bidder, whoever pays you to play with them right now. Hey, if it works out. Yeah. So is this the goal, Caden? Like, you know, you're you're uh, going to be graduating high school. Is it just become pro? Is there anything else on the horizon for you? I already got accepted into college at a local college here. Nice. For what? Undecided. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> they just want you. <laughs> there are not there are any cornhole programs out in uh, Kentucky, are there? There's like a college wise. There's like a club, but it's not just nothing organized. Okay. Okay. Well, hey, that's something. Yeah. What's it like whenever you uh, go to school and you have conversations with people? I mean, I've always been kind of curious about like the 16U and people underage, you know, that 
don't have real daytime jobs. They just, they go to school, they do social studies and algebra and math. And then on the night side, they're like the best cornhole player in the world. I mean, how does that even work? I don't get it. Well, I think they understand that I'm good, but I don't think they understand how everything is. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't understand any of this till I started. So they're probably. Yeah, they probably have no idea. It's just cornhole. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> they don't know they're on the precipice of greatness with just <laughs> hanging around this guy. I mean, do you, do you feel like you're one of the best in the country right now? Yeah, but I don't like to say that because I like to be humble. <laughs> you can be humble. You can still be humble and be a Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can be humble. I'd like to. I'd like to think so. Anyway. Uh, I think that's a fair uh, statement there. Um, do we know why Mark Richards isn't playing this weekend? I don't oh, know. Okay. okay. I was wondering if we knew why uh, Philip Lopez was freed up, but uh, what a great partner for you. How do you feel like he is as a partner or does it matter to you what your partner's like on the other side of the boards? No, I just, I'll throw the bag regardless. You don't need the like encouragement or the, no. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't really care what he throws. You just want something fast. You don't want carpet, though, right? <laughs> no, no, no carpet. So, so you you could still roll though with these surefires. I mean, you get that material in your hand. Do you do you do anything different in like your games if the boards start getting muddy, or do you just immediately think airmail or just whatever you're feeling? Like, whatever. how do you decide to play out a round? Whatever I'm feeling at the moment. What do you think is your strongest shot besides an open board slide shot? Probably the push. Yeah. Well, we've done a couple highlight reels so far, man. And one of your shots that's just repeated itself so far is that short airmail where you land on top of your bag in front of the hole and you kind of ride it in or carry it in. I mean, do you do anything different for that? Or are you just kind of taking something off or throwing higher? I mean, how do you, how are you so consistent with that? I think it's just luck. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're you're taking it away, man. There's no way. I don't ever do it. It just happens. Oh, so you're man. you're just shooting an airmail. Yeah. Okay. You're not you're not necessarily thinking short airmail. No. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll get more into that right after this. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right. So we were talking about some of the shots you were working on, Caden. Um, when you are practicing, are you practicing specific shots or are you just throwing and then whatever happens you'll deal with? Yeah. So if I, if there's a bag that happens to stop, I'll roll it or shoot it. But other than that, <clears throat> I'm going to go in every time. What's and your practice how? routine? Eight bags, four bags? Four bags. And how Only often? four bags, really. It used to be every day, but I haven't been practicing a whole lot lately. You get to a certain skill set, Meech. You don't even need to worry about this anymore. (laughs) Meech and I over here trying to figure out what we got to do to get to your (laughs) And you're just over here just like, I've done it. I mean, it's fine now. That's just what I do. I don't know. But the confidence, I feel like the confidence plays a big role in this, right? Like, how confident were you coming into this season at the beginning of this season versus now? Like, on a scale of 1 to 10. Oh, it's went up 100%. Because at Rock Hill, the first open, I was like, I mean, I know I can do good. I don't know yeah. about I can I can make it there. And then I won my bracket. And then that went up to here. And then it just, it just keeps going up. Yeah. 
I think that I think there's a ratio, Wally, of confidence to practice. Like as your confidence up, your practice is like, well, maybe I don't need quite as much. <laughs> I think I'm getting okay, good so, now. <laughs> so at what point though, Mish, this is a question for you. We're interviewing Mish now, Caden. At what point does it go from confidence to cockiness? Because I have a cockiness <laughs> level that the skill level doesn't go up to. So is it only a confidence? Skill it has right? to be legit. It can't be fool. It can't be a, a <laughs> can't be lie. Oh, yeah, right, has to so be based on actual experience. Like you're like, hey, Caden, why are you so confident? Well, <laughs> I okay, win every so, racket I play in. Okay, yeah, fair so enough. this is very informational because Caden's staying humble. He's confident and getting better skills. So okay, so yeah. lose the cockiness, stay humble, get better confidence. <laughs> skill. Yeah. Well, I'm, and the the cockiness is is its own thing. Like, Caden, how do you feel about playing with or against players like a uh, uh, Jordan Power or, or Adam Hisner, like people that talk? Does that get in your head at all? No, I actually kind of like it. Do you? Yeah. Why? I don't know. It's just I don't know. Just something about it. You like humbling I, them, or is it just it's <laughs> more entertainment for you? Both. <laughs> <laughs> So does anything get distracting for you? I can't remember if you wear headphones or not. No, I don't wear headphones. I'm just looking at the board the whole time. So does the anything only, throw you the off? The only thing that we know that he wears on a regular basis is that Bacardi jersey. Loves the Bacardi t-shirt. We're <laughs> gonna we're gonna change that soon, man. It's in the mail. It's coming. I don't know. Is it lucky? Is it lucky? Like superstitious? Yes. I had a feeling. <laughs> and since West Virginia. So I had a feeling it wasn't the fact that he only had that shirt because we knew Lucky had to hook him up with some clothes. So it was, I was wondering, any other superstitions besides the shirt? No, just the shirt. <laughs> just the shirt. So if you actually have to start... Oh, there we go. What was it? You cut out for a second, Caden. I wear the same shorts with the Bacardi shirt. Okay, same outfit. Same outfit. Are we washing said outfit? Yes. <laughs> okay, <Wow>. just wondering. <laughs> I wouldn't judge you if you didn't. <laughs> just curious. What were you saying, Wally? I said the successful stench. <laughs> just keep it on there. Well, yeah. just remind me of Ace Ventura when he's talking about the superstition and he says someone never washes their socks. <laughs> <laughs> do you do any uh, outside hobbies other than cornhole or do you pretty much just go to school, play bags, and that's it? That's it. That's it. It's so simple, Mish. Yeah, the problem the problem is you start to see as you get older that maybe like relationships creep in. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's Stay what away. might pull some players away from the game. Are you Stay worried about away. that? Uh no. <laughs> yeah. Gotta, I mean Yeah, you gotta fuck. You're sacrificing, right? Yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not allowed to comment anymore in regards to relationships and anything in the future, Kay. And I got a bunch of negative stuff to tell you, man, about what life is going to hit you with here in these next 10 years. No, that's not true. Hey, focus, bro. Keep doing you. Get you to a world championship, <laughs> that's not, man. That's not always true. Although I will say, there, you know, there is something to say about chasing dreams and how your focus needs to be diverted. And if you are truly only focusing on cornhole, um, I think you have an advantage versus having to balance relationships, families, jobs. Now, you want college coming up, but um, you are used to going to school, so that shouldn't be too different, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you'll, you'll never be able to play in the high school championships or the college championships because 
I think you're going to go right to pro status next year and you're pretty much stay there as long as you want it. Um, right. So basically you haven't really had like an ESPN or broadcast or anything yet. So, I mean, I guess your classmates and your friends don't really have the ooh, ah, shocking moment to kind of look at you yet. Um, other than these, you know, broadcasts that we do at these opens, but I mean, the average person's not watching those. Yeah. Yeah. So you got your fellow cornhole players around you who, who around you besides uh, Nate, you know, you usually throw with on a regular basis or keep you at your uh, highest skill level. Ben Brown, mm-hmm. a rookie pro this year and Austin Slowbomb and Alec Ryan. Those three with Nate are the, the four ones around here that we, we all play together a lot so that we can all stay up top. Yeah. How, do you have you had any like mentors or anything in the sport since you started? Probably Nate. Nate. Nate's yes. one of those really, really good guys. I'm smelling yeah. a Nate and Caden partnership next year. I'm smelling Ooh, it, Mish. Ooh, that's a good one. Nate is, we always talk about, so underrated. Yeah, he's sneaky good. We'll just have yeah. to see. You <laughs> got a long way to go, man. Don't even worry about that stuff yet. Just kind of keep finishing out your season. Um, you mentioned you got your conferences coming up in a little bit. So I believe what's it? Two conferences go towards your standings. Yeah. Are you chasing the perfect season, or do you not really care? You just want to keep putting out your best. I just want enough points to go pro. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to do that. Five. You're not going to miss it on days anymore. I think you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I doesn't want to work in the qualifier. I can understand that. Now, do you ever get the nerves? And if you do get the nerves, what do you do with them? I get nervous right before the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I can't eat or I'll feel sick. Yeah. All day long without eating anything. Oh, my goodness. That's not good. I, I'll throw it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was that? The nerves get pretty bad. Yeah, that's, that's wondering because you haven't done a broadcast yet. Like, how are you feeling about being under the bright lights? Because it's coming. I think I think once I get there, I'll be fine. But leading up to it, it's going to be it's going to be rough. That means he's going to not eat from like 8 a.m. to like 11 p.m. That's like what time does broadcast end? <laughs> you got to sacrifice. <laughs> well, Caden, the other thing about Caden too, Misha, at these opens, you guys don't get to see it off the camera, but Caden is one of these players who always sits around the court and watches the matches that are going on. Mm. Are you just interested in the game, watching the game? Or are you trying to get any little pieces of information against your opponents that you might be able to use against them? Both. I do both. Yeah. Know who I'm playing next. I'll go watch them throw. Just the. See if they have like a weakness or anything. So I yeah, it's never getting. I've had pros tell me they don't like to look at their brackets ahead of time because um, it could get in their head. So you're not worried about that. You just want to see. You want to want to devise a plan. Yeah. Yeah, Smart. the young kids all look at their phones like they they can't stop looking at the brackets. <laughs> the older players they seem to not really care so much, but all the young kids they look ahead. They look three rounds ahead. They look who's in their quadrant. They could tell you that bracket by heart. Thing. Uh, they're a different species. I try not to look ahead because okay. it'll come back at you. See, that's what I've heard a lot that you really don't want to look at the bracket because then you'll be like, oh no, Mark Richards is in my bracket or whatever. You this this the game start playing right in your head because you're already you're already in your head at that point. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's smart the way that you approach it. 
Except for the not eating part. That sounds awful. <laughs> I can't have like applesauce or something. <laughs> I'll have like a Dr. Pepper. Okay. There's his next sponsor. <laughs> Fueled by Dr. Pepper. He's got, literally. He's got 23 flavors. That's like equivalent to five meals. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> All right. So I was already on ACL Live. I went uh, out of my way and I predicted my doubles champion. It's going to be Eddie and Caleb. Uh, Caden, help me out here, man. Who's going to win singles? I'm hoping me. <laughs> I picked uh, Caden and and uh, and uh, Philip for my win, so I, I'm in your corner there, Caden. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Well, good luck. We can't wait to see how it all plays out, and uh, look forward to continuing to watch you this season and next season and all the seasons after. So, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. All right, Caden. Later, Bubba. Bye. Welcome. We have Josh Keck here with us today. He's the National Director of Tournaments as well as the Broadcast Rules Official for ESPN. Welcome, Josh, to the show. We're excited to have you. Thanks for having me. This is a fun time with you and, I guess, Wally. What up, dude? Best friend, Josh. How you doing, buddy old pal? You guys spent a lot of time together. Yeah. Josh, uh, whenever I first started, uh, I think there was like one or two opens. And then after that, Josh is like, Wally's part of the family. And at the time, I thought that was an honor. And then I realized yeah. that I was like the stepbrother that wasn't really wanted, but had to be there anyway. So I think I spoke too soon. Yeah. <laughs> you, toler- you tolerate Wally. Yeah. It's mutual. It's mutual. <laughs> but we almost we almost did a last pass Sacramento. We had the the laser debacle. Remember if you remember that, Josh? Yeah, I remember. It's uh, all good. I, I move on. I don't yeah. hold grudges, so it's all yeah, good. It's, uh, we we had good. we had like one or two falling out, and then all of a sudden we win the any the thing that brings us back together every single time is seafood. You're matching phones. Seafood phone or seafood. Brazilian steakhouse. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, there's going to be a lot more falling outs. You know that, right? So oh, yeah. just be oh, prepared. Yeah. I'm looking forward to them. All right. So, Josh, you uh, drive the ACL truck as well. Uh, can you kind of just tell us some of the responsibilities you have at these events where we can see you? Uh, well, I help get all the volunteers to help set up. Um, I I guess I dictate how it's set up and everything. I try not to do so much manual labor because it does wear you out big time and doing it weekend, weekend after weekend after weekend, you know, I don't, I don't really want to kill myself, but, uh, um, so I do that and then, uh, you know, help set up all the brackets and everything, get all the players, you know, in there. Uh, I try to push off all the sit and goes to the directors that are helping me because that is, uh, a full job in itself. Yeah. So all you players playing sit and goes, don't come to me. Go to another director who doesn't look busy at the table. If I look busy, don't come up to me about sit and goes. Um, so I do that. Um, also help with all the national tournaments, uh, drive the truck, you know, to all the different events. Uh, there's two trucks, one broadcast truck and one tournament truck. And I got the tournament truck, of course. Um, I'm helping. I, I was doing the compliance, uh, but Hunter is starting to take that over. So thankfully, that's uh, off my plate. Uh, the rules official at all the broadcasts. Um, whenever you see the score change on TV at a broadcast, that's me actually doing that. Most of the time, it's me doing that. Um, and that that's a very stressful job. You think, you know, just updating so scores. Stressful. It's, it's it's not easy because you know you you have your uh, 
your tablet, you know, as you're playing your game, and then you enter your score in at the end of the round. That's not how this is. I have to enter each bag after each bag. If you got a bag in front of the hole and, you know, it's pushed in, you know, replacement bag, then you got to take it off of on and put it in in. And it's very stressful, especially when the players are throwing back to back to back and they don't even breathe in between throws. Um, that's that's the crazy part. I know that um, one time that the, I was... Uh, Sorry, it's a good thing the high school kids aren't on ESPN. Those kids just like to fire. <laughs> oh, so fast. Yeah. And yep. I know when I was being emceeing the one time in uh, Wichita, so I was working with you, you're at the scores and telling me the scores. Like, I felt stressed out for you. <laughs> just, just, and all I had to do was announce the score to the audience, which who cares if that's wrong? It's not on TV. <laughs> I think the worst two that play on broadcast. Cheyenne and Sam Finley, those two do not breathe in between throws. They bam, 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 bam. It's like, <laughs> good God. But it's like, always Can you show out what's happening, please, for us <laughs> in the back? <laughs> Crazy. You've came a long way, though, since auto-assigning assigning in tournaments, man. You've done a I mean, I still do that. It's, it's still a lot of auto-assign. So, I mean, it, that's, that's basically my job. I should have that as my email signature is auto-assigner. Auto assigned technician. You got a little taste of commentating in the booth in Upland, man. How was that for you? Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Um, you know, the, the directors there that were helping, you know, they, they know what they're doing. Most, almost every director knows what they're doing. So, you know, it's just I have a problem with allowing people to do stuff. Uh, you know, I have to be in control of that kind of stuff. But, you know, and I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm getting more comfortable with, you know, saying, all right, go ahead and do this. I'm going to go sit with Wally for a little bit. You know, it, it's, it's fun commentating. Um, you just really have to watch what you say. Because something like this, you know, I know it's recorded, so you can always hit that beep button, but you can't on a live stream. So We don't have a beep button. What are you talking about? Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm going to make you get one. <laughs> I got one back in KC. It's not here with me, though, so you got to watch your mouth. But uh, yep. no, it's uh, it's different though than most jobs. You're obviously moving around a lot of the time. You're driving different places. You got hands on stuff, so your days are long, but they seem to go by pretty quick because of everything you're doing. Um, now that you're back home in Wisconsin, do you even remember what a desk job looks like? Uh, yes, my desk is now my dining room table. Um, you know, so I set up my laptop and everything there and you know get all the admin stuff done when i'm home um but you know a, a day job in the office yeah i don't i don't remember what that is one of the things that we hear a lot about during the events is well, why didn't we get this person's game on the court and those kinds of things can you kind of talk us through like the the intricacies of how you decide what goes on a streaming court because it's not that simple there's only one streaming court, right? And how many games are going on at that one time, you know? So it's, it's just, it's pick and choose. Basically what it comes down to is, is there a game available? And is, if I hold that game for the live stream, is the rest of the bracket going to get held up because of that? Yeah. And if so, then I'm playing that game somewhere else. I'm not, I'm not going to hold up an entire bracket just to put one game on the live stream. Yep. That is tough. How do you go into determining how many different brackets there are for the tournament? Is it a set number per tier, or do you kind of just decide the day of the tournament as far as how many brackets you're going to do? Um, well, I mean, it all depends on, you know, if it's singles or doubles. 64 is the max in a bracket. So if you got, 
you know, 65 to 128, that's two brackets. Uh, you know, 128 to 264, you're going to do four brackets. Um, I don't want to do an odd number of brackets, meaning like three, five, six, seven. You know, those are what I call odd. Because if you do more than one bracket, you got to have the meetup games. And you don't want somebody to have a buy in the meetup game. So if you have three brackets, you're going to have three winners playing for that overall championship game. One of them's going to have a buy. I don't want that to happen. So we're going to do four instead of three. Yeah, we kind of experimented with that last year. I like going to the way you got it set up this year now. Yeah, last year, you know, I, I learned my lesson. Don't do three, five, six, seven anymore. You know, it's, it's always increments of one, two, or four after that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's not something I would have thought of until you just said it, but it's a, that's a very good – I'm sure it was remind, you were reminded of that when you didn't want to be. Oh, yeah. All, <laughs> All the time. Uh, in terms of your role as an official – um, you know, that's not very often that players get called or players call for you to come to the court. And that's kind of become a problem is that people aren't even asking for an official, but then complaining afterwards. So can you kind of talk through, like, if you are playing the game and something isn't going right, or you don't think a score is right, what's the protocol? Stop the game immediately. Stop the game and come get a come get a director. If it's me, if it's somebody else at the table, even if it's your regional conference director, whoever it is, just stop the game. You will not be charged a timeout to go get an official. You know, you get your so many timeouts for singles and doubles. If you're going to get an official, it does not count as one of your timeouts. Just go get it. Explain exactly what's going on, and, and we'll get it figured out. Because that seems to be the learning curve right now, right? Like, people will be like, well, I didn't want to say something, but I thought this was off. Like, we're seeing that happen. Don't be afraid. Seriously, I I do not mind going to a court to go figure something out. You know, I don't want to hear about it afterwards because I can't do anything about it afterwards. If I could do something about it, you know, in the heat of the moment, great. Then hit me up. But. You know, don't come, don't come complain to me afterwards. Well, the kid was throwing over the line and, you know, blah, blah, blah. He was taking more than 12 seconds. Oh, why didn't you come get me? Mm-hmm. It, that's what we're here for. I might be busy, so I'll send somebody else to go do it. But somebody will go, you know, officiate and, you know, get, get the final ruling. Yeah. During the off season, what type of discussions are had in regards to rule changes and what needs to be fixed or tweaked? And do you guys do any changes during the season or pretty much everything handled off season? Um, okay. So as far as like major rule changes or anything changing in the rule book, that doesn't happen during the season. It's always off season. Um, and all the national directors, me, Todd, Dave, and Trey, you know, along with Stacy and Fred, We'll all sit down and, you know, discuss certain things and, you know, vote on it. You know, what should be changed, what should stay, this and that. Um, One thing that I'm doing this year that I should have been doing over the years is I'm keeping comments in the rules that only Trey and I can see. Um, So that way, you know, if if a gray area comes up, kind of like this past weekend in, in Florida or where were they, Alabama, the, the conference tournament down there uh, with the kid that was – so-called balking while he was throwing. He was, you know, about to throw. He would step over the line, but he wouldn't actually throw the bag. You know, that's a very great area in the rules. So, you know, I put a comment in the rule book, you know, and we'll discuss it during the off season, and, you know, go from there. So 
yes, no, the no rule book is perfect. You look at the PGA, right? Phil Mickelson, he is the perfect person to find gray areas in the rule book. He's always, <laughs> always coming up with, yep, this is going to do this way, and go get a rules official, and sure enough, you know, he was right. It, it's just, it, it is what it is, and rules will change, you know, rules will get updated and, you know, more clear in the future. What went into the rule change from the 20 to the 12 seconds and the addition of the timeouts? Uh, well, the addition of the timeouts, it gave more timeouts and doubles, um, basically because broadcasts, everybody that, that deals with broadcasts, you know, the, you know, the commentators, the people in the truck, and the viewers at home love the talking back and forth, you know, between partners. So, you know, the more talking, you know, the more timeouts they're going to need. So, you know, go ahead and, you know, went with more timeouts for doubles. Uh, the whole 12 seconds, that was that was kind of like a, I wouldn't say unanimous, but, you know, a large majority of us that voted you know, it's just you gotta you gotta cut the time down on some of these games. You know, the Nationals, where you know the full full game to twenty one is on the broadcast. Those games could go forty five minutes to an hour, and we only have a certain amount of time. You know, so and some tournaments are just going way too long because people are taking way too long to throw. So that's and can you why we did it? And can you explain what happens when they go over the twelve seconds? Let's say that you were standing there watching the game. Okay, so it's Michelle versus Wally here, all right? Michelle's holding her bag. She goes over the 12 seconds. I'm not going to say anything right then and there. I'm not going to disturb you in your process, right? After you throw that bag of going over 12 seconds, I'm going to say, all right, Mish, that's, that's a timeout. You know, it's timeout number or whatever, right? So, and that's one thing that we got to, you know, focus on letting all the directors know if they're you know officiating a game do not interrupt the player in their throw now let's just say the 12 seconds hit while you are in your backswing and ready to throw your bag i won't consider that a timeout or over the time limit because you're in the process of your throw yeah so we'll just let that fly and then when they run out of timeouts uh and you lose the rest of your bags for that that round because yeah. that, that that's you using too many timeouts. You, you got three bags left. Those three bags are done. So does the other person have to throw all those bags left in that yeah. round? Yeah, you still got to like, throw just like dead, Just like dead bags. Right, yeah. The I other... I, I hope I got it. Right. <laughs> I think I remember... Um, did that happen or came? I think maybe you warned him and said you're out of timeouts. So if you go over again, you will lose your bags. I believe is what happened. Right, right. In uh, Myrtle Beach, with um, when we had you come over to that game, the other two common things we see obviously are throwing a bag at a turn. We saw that happen in uh, Myrtle Beach. That poor college player did it twice. Um, and so just quickly letting us know. So what happens when you throw a bag at a turn? Uh, then you got to, okay, so you throw your bag out of turn. Um, Wally's got to throw two bags to catch up on it. And the bag that you threw is a dead bag. Um, so, you know, it won't, it won't count. It just goes off the board or out of the hole. That's the one we see the most commonly, like in our local leagues and things like that. And then of course, grabbing bags before the round is done. And did that change this season? Uh, no, that's still the same. That's been the same for a while. 
don't know do you feel like the majority of the players know the rules, or do you feel like they kind of have an idea of it and they wait <laughs> to see when it happens what the rule actually is? Like how many people um, do the rule book and investigations that they should at the beginning? There's, I'd say, a majority of the players know the basic rules. Um, but you know, the nitty gritty rules of, you know, like touching the bags and things like that, you know, it's, I get it. You know, the rule book is what, 16 pages long. Yeah. Who's gonna memorize that? Yeah. Yeah. And then exactly. the, the other rule that happens sometimes, and I was never done this until I just recently did it, uh -oh. <laughs> uh, touch, touch the bag out of turn before the final bags were thrown. So kind of walk us through that one. That one's a big it's one. A tough one. Well, it depends on who touches a bag. Okay, so let's say, Wally, you got a bag left, and your partner touches the bags on the board. That's it. Your bag is just dead, you know, end of round, right? You yeah. score it as it is. Let's say Mish has a bag left, but Wally touches the bags on the board. Then Mish's bag is automatically counted in the hole. So three points for that. Any bag you already have in the hole and any bag that's on the board counts as in the hole. Mm -hmm. So let's say you, Mish, you have one off, that's going to be a zero for that one. So you would have a nine for that round. Okay. Minus only what Wally has in the hole. Okay. okay. So if Wally has all four bags on the board, he's going to have a zero for that round. Right. But if he had all four in the hole, then it would be then minus 12. Minus 12. So Wally yeah. would actually get three in that instance. Okay. But let's just say, Wally, you reach inside the hole and you grab the bags inside the hole, but no bag on the board is disturbed, then technically, Mish, you would be able to choose if you want the bag in your hand to count as three, or you can throw that bag and try to push some of your bags in the hole. That's your choice. And then, you, you know, you play it the same way that way. Yeah, and uh, real quick for all the pros who are about to get on the live stream court, explain to them real quick how I'm not a director and I'm not getting involved <laughs> in any of this. The commentator's role. Okay, well, all right. yeah, I'm going to call you out, Wally. You should know the rules. You should read the rule book 10 times so you understand the rules. I got so it memorized. I'm just not going to enforce it. Right. But are, are, we, are we as commentators allowed to get involved in the game in that way? Yeah. Uh, just don't. The only thing I ask is don't disturb somebody in their throw. Just okay. wait till they're done throwing if you need to say something, and then you know do what you need to do. But yeah, absolutely. Jump in and, and say what you need to say. Like, hey, that score is wrong on that tablet. Jump in there and say that. Don't be afraid. Okay. I'm about to deputize all of you as uh, <laughs> officials. Did we just get dumped? Oh man. <laughs> Dang I'm it. Not sure it's a lot of that responsibility. responsibility. I know, it's a lot of responsibility. I don't want your job, Josh. Yeah, one, one thing the chat is already telling me, the chat wants to see a 12-second shot clock on the screen while I'm doing all this type of stuff. I was like, as if I don't have enough going on already. Enough now I got 400 rest. people in the chat telling me, he was 12.5 seconds. Let's enforce it. <laughs> I will tell you that a shot clock is out of the way yeah. for broadcasts at least. Yeah. Um, live streams, you know, we need somebody to control the shot clock is what we need to do. And right. you, if you, if you have somebody as a rules official, they cannot also do the shot clock. Cause I tried to do that in Myrtle beach to do yeah. shot clock on my phone and look for like foot fouls and, you know, officiate things like that. It's, it's virtually impossible. You need two people to do those two separate jobs. 
I nominate so, Corey Russell. Corey Russell. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right, nominated. <laughs> but yeah, no, I won't. I wouldn't expect you to do a shot clock, Wally, because yeah, that that's just way too much. Well, and then what if you forget to press it? Like if you have the job, you have to be on top of it. Like you're gonna be, you're gonna screw yourself. And that's why to switch camera angles. <laughs> that's why it's it's it, whoever is doing the shot clock. That is their dedicated job. That that's all that they're gonna do, so they can focus on that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's exciting. That's coming though. It did seem inevitable that it would show up at some point, but I did figure that would have to be someone's designated job, which is always complicated. Um, but yeah, appreciate the clarity on the rules because. I know that sometimes it gets fuzzy out there, and, and I think it is important that the players understand to use their voice because we hear a lot of stuff after games end. We rarely hear things during games. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to call Stacy out here. Ready? Okay. I've been, I've been pushing for a shot clock for years. Okay. Years. Finally, he agreed to it. What do you think pushed over the edge? Yeah, right. I think he's sick of me, you know, bugging him about it. So he finally okay. said, "All right, go ahead." But hey, it got done. Yeah, success. All right. Well, I think that's all we have time for. Uh, we didn't even really get into the open coming up, but that you're already there, right, Josh? I'm here in Albuquerque. Yeah, got here last night. I uh, got here early just in case, uh, you know, bad weather because these mountain area, you know, you just never know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got here a little early doing a lot of admin stuff behind the scenes right now. And we'll be setting up Thursday night and getting ready for Friday. Awesome. Well, right, I got one last question here. Okay, real quick, Josh. Um, in California, who won at Top Golf? Do you remember that? <laughs> it depends on which game you're talking about. The first one, only the first, only the first one. The, the, the first one I won. Oh, wait, no, no. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> You won only because I needed right, to go for the long All right, that's it. Me, shut yeah, it off right here. Yeah. We, we don't need to talk no about other, no, 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 no. You want to do that? The last game, 20 balls each. I beat everybody after my 10th ball, and everybody had already done their 20. So I don't want to hear it. I I've never played top golf, so I can't speak to it. Maybe someday. I know. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for your time, Josh, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks for having me. Later, yeah. Buddy.